All right, guys, welcome into a new episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Um, today, we're going to be talking about this crazy Western Conference and this playoff race uh, that, that we're witnessing right now. It's probably one of the best we've had in the last several years. So um, here with Tyson and Evan, as usual, and guys, um, what, what, what are we making of the Western Conference right now before we get too deep into it? I don't think I've ever seen a conference be this tight and this crazy this late in the season. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually weird because like for many years, it used to be like the situation we have in the West right now. It used to be the situation we had in the East where in the East, like in the previous years, no teams were really new, uh, putting um, going on top of all the teams and having like a proper... Uh, you know, ranking in the East. And it's weird because right now the East is looks stronger than the West and we have a proper ranking and 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 this time it's in the West that it's like, like super close, except like for one or two team, like like the Kings are we gonna talk about today. But it is true that as you said, it's been it's been a few years since we didn't have like such a, a wild Western conference. But I, I think it's I actually really like the like how close this is right now and I think that really speaks to what the play-in has done for the league. Because I remember a couple of years ago when they incorporated the play-in, everybody was against it. Nobody wanted to change or anything. But, but yeah, I mean, how close the teams are in those, like, you know, six yeah. through 10 or seven through 10 spots. I mean, that's that's what's making this so fun to watch. And it makes teams, you know, stay competitive during this time of year. Because like a couple yeah. of years ago, we weren't seeing that. No, no, because a team that was in the ninth or tenth seed and had like too many games or wins away from like the the first playoff seed, they would they were like just uh, throughout that season it's over, won't make the playoff. And now you you tell to those teams you have a chance to make the playoffs. So as you say it's obviously it's more competitive because you have more team that can be in the playoffs. So there is team that before they 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 stopped playing at the point because they knew that they have no chance to make the playoff and now they still have a chance so you know they're still playing still grinding grinding until the end of the season and got, that gives you more complicated matchups more complicated games and and yeah i think it it you know it helps like the um, the competitivity of 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 a certain conference I think with the like the play in and like since the standings are so tight, like the play in just makes it even more interesting because like anything can happen in a one game situation. Yeah, and I think the the year that resembles this one, I think the closest, I think it was twenty seventeen. It would have been 2017-2018 um, when the Rockets had their one seed, but the last seed was between for the last spot it was between the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. And I remember they both had the exact same record, and I think they played each other on the last day of the regular season. Whoever won got that last spot, and Minnesota ended up winning it. And I know they got that last seed, but um, that just really put it in perspective for me, like how important a lot of these games actually are. And I think when you look at the first part of the NBA season, the first couple like weeks, or whatever, everybody always says, "Oh, well, these games don't matter. They play so many, whatever." But um, that was the season in particular that really showed me. The late games matter, and then the early games, they, they kind of matter too. Now, if you start 0-2, 0-3, whatever, but when you dig yourself in a hole where you're 2-17 or 2-20, I mean, it's kind of hard to dig out of that. So, no, I, I definitely do enjoy watching these games like for those reasons because it just puts more value, I think, on the games later in the season. So, it definitely has been a lot of fun. But um, Sacramento Kings, yeah. I think that was what we were we were messaging each other about earlier. So, um, whichever one of you guys wants to take it first, 
go for it. They're they're definitely they've been fun to watch. So um, the Kings, it's actually one of the first subjects we had this year. I think that one of the first podcasts we made this year, it was about the Kings because at the moment they were already playing well with, with Sabonis and all the guys. And we started talking about, first of all, how cool it is to see the Kings playing uh, well again because uh, they've been a source of jokes for NBA fans for uh, many seasons. And one of the things we're talking about is how far they can go, can they hold this this level of competition during the entire season? How far they go in the playoff? Uh, where they end up in the Western Conference? Um, we're late March, so uh, it's uh, it will be soon the end of the regular season. And uh, the Kings are uh, second in the West, and they're playing very well. And I think that if they whoever it takes in the playoff, they might pass one round or maybe two. Um, so it's actually crazy to see like five or six months ago, we were saying like how far the Kings can go. And here we are, second in the Western Conference, uh, probably one of the most uh, solid team uh, in the West for sure, but also in, in the entire league. Um, so it's, it's quite incredible to see how far they went. Yeah. And I can't believe it's been like 17 years. I was three years old the last time they made the playoffs. So like as in my time watching basketball, this is the first time I'll get to see them in the play, playoffs. Yeah. But I just want to give give some credit to their coach, Mike Brown. I think, you know, the job he's done this year has been incredible. And, you know, the way he has that team playing every night, you know, hard on both ends of the floor. It, it's just been really fun to watch. And, you know, I think they can make some make some noise in the playoffs, depending on who they play. Yeah, I, I think they definitely could. Um, we were Tyson, you and I were talking before we started recording this, actually, mm-hmm. just about potential matchups they could end up with. And at the moment, right now, it would be Golden State. And mm-hmm. obviously, Golden State is a different beast in the postseason. I don't care, you know, what their road record has been during the regular season or whatever. And Golden State would go to Sacramento for those first two games or whatever, but it's still a Steph Curry and company. So, I mean, and, we, and we've seen what they do in the postseason. But I think the thing I like about the Kings the most is just how deep they are. And I think it really shows when De'Aaron Fox isn't out there playing. Because um, you see a bunch of other guys step up. You see some guys like Kevin Herter, for example, going out there dropping 27. Sabonis does his thing. Keegan Murray, I think he's four three-pointers away from breaking like the rookie record for most three-pointers based by the past Donovan Mitchell. So you just look at the collection of guys. They have Harrison Barnes. He seems to seem to have gotten his second win. Um, so you, you look at the collection of guys they've kind of put together, I think, in Sacramento. Um, they can do a lot even without their best player out there. And sometimes that can even be scary in the postseason because you've seen teams before who can hold their own when their best player isn't out there. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would say Sacramento, they're, they're a team I'm going to really be – watching out for and I think I think they could maybe you know get past you know the first round depending on who they play they because they remind me a lot of the Atlanta Hawks from two years ago the Atlanta Hawks were like in that middle of the conference team we didn't think was going to go anywhere but they end up in the Eastern Conference Finals playing the Bucks and I really do think if the Hawks hadn't drawn the Bucks in the uh in the conference finals we might have been looking at Atlanta being in that finals two years ago so um Sacramento like I said they're really just on my radar and I think one of the things I really do like about them also is how good their guards are defensively because obviously De'Aaron Fox, he gets after it. Davion Mitchell is a guy who gets after it too. And then um, Matthew Dellavedova is somebody too who he really gets after it too. So just seeing him make it tough for guys like Steph Curry and them if that's who they end up playing first, 
um, I think that really makes a huge difference for Sacramento. So I'm excited to see what they can do. The Curry stopper? <laughs> I, I don't know. The Curry slower down, or there's there's certain players you can't stop. Hey. I say LeBron and Curry and like yeah. Katie are the three guys you probably and Giannis you can't stop them, but you probably slow them down. But that was his nickname in the 2015 Finals. Jesus. I remember. I remember yeah. somebody made a graphic. It was like Matthew Dellavedova guarding Michael Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, who who made this? Somebody yeah. had too much time. They had too much time, but. Um, other teams were interested in though in the Western Conference. Um, maybe the Pelicans. Oh, uh, I think day. it's yeah, it's one of the one of these teams that we were expecting them to play well because they also have uh, some depth in the bench and some good players. Uh, not you know, not obviously that kind of team. We a bit like Sacramento, not have like um, like a superstar. Um, well, Sacramento Sabonis is not a superstar, he's an all star, but not a superstar. And the Pelicans, it's kind of the same, um, you know, scheme. They don't have like a, like a superstar, but they have a, a, a depth on the bench, they have a solid group, a good atmosphere, they're playing well, uh, some good coaching. And I think they've been exciting to watch during the entire season. Um, and I think that, yeah, in, in the playoff. Uh, when they're playing, uh, whatever the they the, the end of the regular season, but I think it's going to be another interesting team to watch, and also a team that you don't want to face. Depends on how how well you've been playing uh, until the end of the regular season. Obviously, I think a team like the Nuggets or the Kings, if they take the Pelicans, I think they they, they will this will be like easy. But a team like you know Golden State or Phoenix Suns that they've been a bit struggling or. Uh, even the Mavs, if they they managed to reach the plane because so far it hasn't been the case. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a problem to face uh, the Pelicans. I think for New Orleans, it just comes down on whether or not like if Zion's healthy. Like that's kind of been the biggest thing this year is like, you know, he's missed a lot of games, and then you know Brandon Ingram also missed some time. I think it's just really unfortunate because when they were healthy, they were like, weren't they first place in the East, like early in the East and the West earlier this season? Like, yeah, they it's were. Just, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and I, I think the Pelicans, you kind of, you really do have to pay them attention just because I think it was last year when they played the Suns in the first round. Yeah, and actually, I think I think it went six games, but they were able yeah. to like hold their own. And so yeah, the Pelicans are always kind of one of those teams who are. They're, they're usually pretty dangerous in the postseason, and I don't think they're a team I'd want to face first, um, especially with, I mean, Brandon Ingram. In my mind, personally, he's one of the most underrated players, I think, in the league. I don't know if it's just yeah. because he plays in New Orleans, but I think he gets disrespected a lot just because of how things went in L.A. But Brandon Ingram, in my mind, hes I think he's one of the better players in the league. I, he, he would definitely be a guy I would want to start my franchise around. Yeah. Getting the right guys, getting the right pieces around him, I, I would start my franchise around Brandon Ingram, I think. Um, yeah, I wanted to bring up the Mavs too, Evan. I'm glad you kind of touched on them a little bit because yeah. at the time we're recording this, I, we, I think we all saw what happened in their game. It took another loss to Charlotte, and then Luca got his 16th technical, so he's out for the next game too. Um, just what, what are you guys thinking overall about the Mavericks? Um, I think that when they traded Kyrie, I was saying to my friends that I don't expect Kyrie to, say, to stay. I think that for for the Mavs, Kyrie was more like a, a trading piece because he, you know, he's an all-star, he's a good player. I thought they might be trading him for uh, 
a player that has more defensive or inside profile uh, because they've been, even though they're playing a small ball, so they don't obviously need that kind of player. I thought that they wanted to, to trade for that kind of player. And turns out that they, they wanted to keep Kyrie, they wanted to build something around him and Luca. And unfortunately, it hasn't been working because I think we all seen that record where saying that like the the Mavs overall record the season before Kyrie and after Kyrie and overall it's been getting worse with Kyrie than it was before um, and and they've mentioning we've seen those you know late plays in the game where um, they don't really know who who needs to take the ball who needs to take the last shot between Luca and Kyrie they've been struggling to play together the thing is that both Luca and Kyrie they've been playing well like um, individually uh, it's like one quarter Luca makes the thing and then this, then the next quarter Kyrie scores um, but they, they haven't been capable of, of doing that together and that's the thing is that you've added Kyrie to your team but it doesn't change nothing because on one quarter Luca's playing alone and the next quarter Kyrie's playing alone so in the end you just have the same situation uh, with the Kyrie that's sometimes irregular and all the stuff so I, I, I'm not saying I was expecting the Mavs to drop down so far uh, in the Western Conference, uh, but I knew that it wasn't it wasn't going to work uh, at least so far between Luca and, and Kyrie. I, uh, you know, if they like continue on this downfall and like miss the play-in playoffs entirely, and you know Kyrie walks in free agency. I don't even know what direction they go in, like, yeah. this offseason. Like, what do you do? Because, like, outside of Luka, it's like they don't have many assets to go get another, like, star player or anybody of that caliber. No. So, like, the other day, I, I don't know if you guys saw Luka's press conference when, you know, he was very frustrated with, like, how things are going and everything. So, it's like, you know, I wonder if, you know, things keep going this way, if he's going to demand a trade – and if he does demand a trade, I don't know what a trade looks like for Luca because he's so he's so young, but he's also arguably a top five player in the NBA right now. Yeah. What are you guys thinking? It's it's actually cool that you mentioned uh, Kyrie and the fact that they don't have really assets to trade. I think Kyrie is the only assets to trade. But the thing is that if it's another failed season for Kyrie. I've seen people saying that if Kyrie fails in, in, in Dallas, he doesn't have any more excuses about the fact that he's not successing. Uh, and, and and if Kyrie's uh, season so far in Dallas happens to be a fail, uh, if they want to trade him, of course you're going to have a team that want to trade for Kyrie. But who's going to want Kyrie? A Kyrie that is getting a bit older, a Kyrie that is not as performing as, as he used to. Uh, who's going to want those uh, this player? And and if they if they trade for him, who who are they gonna give in exchange? Uh, they're not gonna give like probably a superstar. They might give an all star, but not a superstar like you could expect from a Kyrie trade a few years ago. Um, so yeah, that's the thing is is the Mavs they don't have really apart from Kyrie and and obviously Luca, but I don't think they want to trade Luca. I think if if a trade might happen, it might be more Kyrie than Luca, obviously. Um, so apart from Kyrie, they don't have other assets to trade. Um, so they're kind of running a bit short so far. I, I think the next thing I'm going to say about the Mavericks, I, I've learned this from being a Browns fan. When, whenever the team looks good on paper, that doesn't really mean anything. And so when the whole Kyrie trade happened, 
everybody on Sports Center everywhere was like putting up graphics of, you know, they're the highest scoring duo and this, 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 this. And in my mind, it's like, well, they can't stop anybody. There's plenty yeah. of other duos that can score 60, 70 points between the two of them and they can stop people. Like I would think Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're a perfect duo. They can easily go out there and drop 65, 70 points combined. But the thing about it is they stop people. And I know it's not fair to necessarily compare those two to Kyrie and Luca, because I know there's size differences and everything, but at the same time, we can't always look at what players do offensively. I know it's fun to watch. You get the highlights out of it and everything. But when the Mavericks got rid of like Dorian Finney-Smith, I was just thinking like they're not going to have any – they don't have any defense now. They don't have any defensive wings. That's why when they're playing teams like Charlotte, Gordon Hayward's going off. It's just like Gordon Hayward hasn't had a good game since he fell in the opening of the 2017 season. So it's just like they can't stop anybody. So I think we just really have to stop looking at what the teams are offensively. And like I said, it's fun to watch. I get it. But if you're not stopping anybody, then – the postseason is going to be a nightmare for them if they make it in. It's actually um, cool that you mentioned the fact that they can't stop anybody because there is that game against uh, the Lakers, uh, actually uh, the last LeBron James game before the injury, where they, they've been they've been attacking flawlessly in the first and second quarter. And then when you got Anthony Davis and LeBron James starting to, you know, heating up and putting the baskets, they don't have nobody to stop them, and blew a twenty-seven um, point lead. First of yeah, first well, of all, yeah. because they, they don't have an inside player, so we can't say that this is right. This is a choice to play small ball, but if you play small ball, you need to have um, like uh, guards that can defend. Mm-hmm. So if you got Luca scoring and then not defending, that's all right. You put Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player for that because he can score and he can defend. Right. Uh, they've. This summer they've recruited uh, also Antelikina, who's not he's not a good player offensively, but he does the job in defense. And and in fact is that before Kyrie they used to have kind of a proper balance between offense and defense. Yeah. And since they traded Kyrie, it's been a total disbalance. It's it's fully on offense and nothing on defense. And that game against Lakers is a good example because let's be honest, the Lakers hasn't been playing haven't been playing like very well in in, in the past few months, uh, but they still managed to. Uh, come back on a 27-point leads again. That team of Dallas, they, they're supposed to score flawlessly. Uh, so it's cool that you mentioned that, cool, Kyrie and Luka are scoring 60 or 70 for a game, but they're just not playing defense. And if these guys are not playing defense, then you don't have any middle beyond because you might have a defensive player, but not uh, like uh, like an uh, all, <laughs> all-time defensive player. Yeah, you're not even giving yourself a shot if you don't play any defense. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Um, defensively in the postseason. Yeah, yeah especially in the postseason. Go ahead, go ahead, Evan. No, no, it's, uh, I agree with Tyson. Is that if you're already struggling to defend in the regular season, you're just gonna blow up everything in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I was actually kind of like playing with little a couple of these matchups that could potentially happen right now, as far as like the playing goes, just from where people are seated. Um, and the way it's looking right now, so we had the the Timberwolves, the Lakers, the Pelicans. And OKC, those are 7, 8, 9, and 10. And so, obviously, the winner of the 7, 8 gets the 7 seed. The loser of that plays the winner of 8, 9. And I was, like, thinking, okay, Lakers and Timberwolves. Lakers, I would say Lakers, if LeBron's out there actually playing and everything. Timberwolves versus OKC for the 8th spot. Um, that's an interesting win. Me, me being biased, I went ahead and gave it to OKC. But the Timberwolves, they're, they're, no, they're, not, they're not a group of slouches either. So... I don't know. 
So I don't far, know if I could pick against Shea in a one game situation just because like you know when Shea gets hot it's like yeah. it's yeah it's tough it's, it's insane I, I don't trust that Timberwolves team uh, yeah they think, I don't think I, I do think either every year it's the same thing they recruiting good players on the paper it looks great and then during the season it's not terrible but it's not good either it's just they're just playing you know mid average all the season mm-hmm. um so sorry for my 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 french mate uh, Rudy gobert but uh, this team has been a bit disappointing yeah. this season you know you got Kerr and Tony Towns and gobert playing uh, during the same time and, and you expect this to be flawless both in defense and offense and it hasn't been the case there have been a bit of injuries too they've been struggling to play all together um, so, once again, you know, Timberwolves might go in the plane or in the first one and then just get, you know, uh, get uh, ejected from the playoff. Yeah. Uh, the same the same thing every, every, every year with the Timberwolves. So, yeah, if you got like OKC and Timberwolves, I would not trust those Timberwolves to win uh, the entire series. Yeah, I wouldn't either because if, if it ends up going the way that I just said, then the matchups would be Nuggets versus Thunder, Grizzlies versus Lakers, Kings versus Warriors, Suns versus Clippers. Which which one of those sounds the best to you guys? I feel like Suns versus Clippers is kind of yeah underrated. Sounds fun. That KD that's a versus four, Kawhi book. Yeah, like that's that would be fun. And that's a four or five matchup, so that would would be fairly close. I think that one can go either way, honestly. And the Clippers, they've been playing quite well in this uh, past few weeks. Kawhi is playing better. That's cool to see. Um, unfortunately, there's that injury with Paul George, so he's going to be out uh, for a few weeks. But the Clippers, they start playing a little bit better than they used to this season. Uh, and the fact that the Suns, they're, they're a bit struggling. Uh, you have that like change of momentum for both teams. So if they face during the play on the playoff, that might be exciting. Uh, also, the Grizzlies Lakers might be cool to, to watch. Yeah. Um, if the Lakers are healthy, of course, uh, if you got Anthony Davis out or LeBron out, it might be a little bit harder for Los Angeles. But if you have like healthy teams on both sides, the Lakers, Grizzlies might be interesting too. Yeah, yeah, Lakers. I honestly, I can't really pick like which one of these sounds the best because, like we were talking before, there's the Kings haven't had a playoff game in 17 years. Grizzlies Lakers is fun just because it's a two seed versus a seven. And honestly, this reminds me of the two versus seven uh, series last year when the Timberwolves played the Grizzlies first, because that was one of those things where it was like, yeah, it's two versus seven, but they, I think they split their, uh, they split during the regular season. So it was almost like either team could beat either team. So that was a fun one. And then Nuggets versus Thunder. Um, I just think the Thunder would struggle with Jokic inside. But as far as like the guard play that goes, like we said, Shea versus like Jamal Murray and those guys, that would be super fun. And then for all the reasons too, you just said about the Suns and the Clippers. I mean, I, I think the Western Conference is going to be a dog fight yeah. when it's yeah, when it's all said and done. We might we have might have a lot of series that that will go in six or seven actually. Yeah, yeah. There there might be like one or two of these in the first round if these are the matchups that go six or seven. Or and it, it was just something too we were talking about before we started recording this. The Eastern Conference just, there's only really like four teams that, and honestly, I, I love the Cavs. I'm pulling for them. I hope they do well and they go far. But it's just something about them being number four right now and Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. I Like something about them just feels different than the Cavs. And I think the Cavs will be in that conversation, you know, like next year or whatever when they have more time to play together and everything like that. I just think it's one of those things where, 
Boston was in the finals last year. Milwaukee's already won a chip, and Philly just keeps getting beat every year and year out, year in and year out. So you just feel like one of those teams, like they just have. I think Boston and Philly really want to just break through and win one, and I think Milwaukee they're hungry to get another one. So it's just that's why I think they feel a little bit different. And then when you look at the Knicks and the Nets, I just I don't believe in any of them. And then the other teams are playing the Hawks and Raptors. The Nets, the Nets yeah, the might, be, is, might be might be fun to watch though. The East is very top heavy. I think it is just like, yeah, that top three or four, like it's going to be one of those top three or four teams. I think that come out of the East. I don't think anybody else has a chance. Right. Yeah. Cause it, no, if the Cavs were like in the conference finals or something, I would not be surprised by that. But like, if they got to the finals, I'd be like, okay, that's, I don't think any of us were expecting that with the first year of this group they have now. Um, yeah. But yeah, but like I said, I think it's definitely in their future to do that. The way Donovan Mitchell and those guys have all been playing this year, I think it's definitely in the cards for them in the future. I just think this year feels different for those first three teams. Yeah, I think I think Cleveland can make a run, but yeah, I would I would be shocked if they made the finals this year. But yeah. I would I could definitely see them making it in the next three to four years with how young they are and yeah. that that young core. I mean, they're they're fun to watch. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fast Break Podcast. We'll be back next week, actually, um, recapping some of the games from this upcoming week and then um, doing a little bit of a deeper dive into the Eastern Conference right before the playoffs start. So, um, Evan and Tyson, thank you guys as always. Always good talking, talking hoop with you guys. Definitely enjoy it. And we'll catch you guys next time on the Fast Break Podcast.